Welcome to the Friendly Fire Show, episode 142 for the 25th of June. I'm Survivor's Steve Rice. I'm Ben from Survivor. Welcome back. Like, I know you've been back for a while, but like, welcome back since the first time I've talked to you oh, look, and stuff. It's good to be back. It was uh, a fun time in, in LA for E3. It's an interesting place. Even delayed, you still had fun, which is good. Yes, well, uh, both Virgin and Qantas canceled their flights out of LA just after E3, so there was no way back. <laughs> you made it back eventually, and work yeah. wasn't too mad. And I hope you had enough fun. Was it worth going? Absolutely. It's always a good time. I don't think people understand the the insanity of it and how busy it is, but it's always fun. You've done, what, six or so yourself? So, Yeah, I think so. It's it's It would have been a weird one without Sony and without Activision on the floor. I know Activision was kind of there still, but... um. Yeah. But it would have been different for you this year. It would have been different for you since the last time you went too. Like I know last year when I went, um, like Ubisoft is an example who sent both of us, me last year and you this year, they had stuff for us like upstairs away from the general public, which was just so nice not to have to kind of go through the booth and try to elbow people to get to where you need to be. So, Well, it was the first one I went to it- since it became public. So 2016 was the last one I went to and that was just the year before. It was a public event, so it's, it does feel very different, and it felt very quiet this year. You say there was no PlayStation, there was no Activision having a booth, EA has been gone for a while. Uh, it, yeah, it did feel very quiet. Um, well, there you go. You d- yeah. You did go to EA, though, uh, which is more than I did last yeah. year. It was in Hollywood, Popped and it was in. way too far for me to get to and feel like. So good on you for doing Only that. for 10 minutes. Um, we'll, we'll probably get to talk about EA and some stuff later, but I thought... Um, because clearly, Ben, you've listened to the other E3 uh, podcasts that we've put out, surely, by oh, now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we talked about the uh, press conferences they happened. We didn't with Nintendo because it was like 2 in the morning on a Wednesday and we were kind of done by then. Mm. Uh, you covered Nintendo for us, so thank you. And you also obviously went to Nintendo um, on the show floor. So I thought we'd talk about Nintendo and then kind of leave it to you to talk about other stuff that you want to for me three. So cool, let's do it. I'm going to be quiet and you do all the talking really. Well, let's go let's for talk it. Nintendo. So let's go disappointment first. There was no Metroid prime trilogy HD. So that was all I wanted and they didn't do it. Uh, but they did give us a look at Luigi's mansion three, which is really good. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but no release date, which was a bit strange because it's already June mm-hmm. and traditionally at E3 is when you announce your dates for the games coming out that year. So that was kind of strange. Uh, Link's Awakening did get a date that's coming out in September. Played that a bit. Uh, it's really good, I think. It's it's not... If Breath of the Wild is a AAA game, I would say this is more like an A game. It's good, but it's not going to blow you away to the same uh, level, but... But it looks really good. It looks like a bunch of toys. So I think you're going to sell some Amiibo here, Nintendo. Uh, and I hadn't <laughs> played it. So it was it's one of the few Zelda games I'd never played before. So I think it's a really smart choice for a remake. Or that's, yeah, nice. it is. It's a full, full remake. So if you played the original, the puzzles would be exactly the same, but just look a lot more modern. And if you can't be bothered with that because it's too cutesy or it's a game you've played before, there's that Breath of the Wild remake, which they've announced at E3 as well. So it's kind of something yes. Zelda for everyone. I yeah. think that's a little while away, but... Uh, oh, did I say remake? remake? Sorry, yeah, sequel. It will be yeah, sequel. Remake. They're, re- they're remaking Breath of the Wild. It used to be on Switch and now it's on Switch. Wait, well, I think we might have to get that next year or the year <laughs> after because they're using the same engine. They're following on. Um, so if you throw your mind back to the N64, we got Majora's Mask about 18 months after Ocarina of Time. So they're obviously following that same blueprint. Here's 
a direct sequel. It's it won't take anywhere near as long to make. So I think that's pretty smart. Yeah, and it basically came to be because they were thinking of like DLC ideas and just became it. You know, they just kept coming up with these ideas that they really liked, and the DLC turned into a sequel. So and yes, they've they've been pretty much working on it since the uh, Breath of the Wild was finished. From the sound of it, word has it Nintendo want to release a Zelda game on Switch every year. So we had Breath of the Wild, obviously. Last year, I don't think. What did we get last year? Nothing. Maybe that was the off year. Uh, Link's Awakening mm-hmm. this year, maybe something next year. They've got the two HD games on Wii U that could easily port over, so easily doable. And uh, things like Cadence of Hyrule, which is sort of a Zelda game, but oh, not yeah. so. Like... A fake Zelda game. People said it was really good, yeah. but I haven't played it. So did you play it? Yeah, neither have no, I. So we shouldn't, nah, we shouldn't judge it then. Um, no. What else do they have? So they're your main. They obviously had Pokemon which I played a little bit of. So we've, we're moving more 3D than the Let's Go games were. They were kind of in between. This one goes a bit more 3D. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't look They've that great. They've got rid of Z it. moves and uh, Mega Evolutions yeah. in place of something called Dynamax, I think it's called. So Pokemon get like super yeah. duper big and have attacks and things like that. I got like destroyed that. by that big Pokemon in the section I played. Uh, and no, like I the group raid type thing or like on your own? Oh, my own. You... Oh, okay. It was a very controlled demo, so we just got a yeah. little taste of it. Uh, but yeah, it 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 obviously is the first kind of 3D style RPG Pokemon, and it, it just didn't look that good to me. So it didn't look bad, but it just it looked a little murky, so maybe it could look a little better, I thought. It is, of course, the best-looking Pokemon game by a long way because the rest are pretty much all on 3DS, but yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. What else? Uh, Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 are coming to Switch. Uh, mm. So that's exciting, but we've all played those games before, so moving on. Uh, I think more impressive is The Witcher 3 is coming to Switch, so I mm. would not have thought Switch could play this, and we still haven't seen it play it. We saw a very small <laughs> snippet of gameplay, but apparently it can, so that's actually quite exciting. Well, it can in 540p handheld <laughs> and 720p in uh, uh, docked mode. So uh, Dynamic 720p, so maximum 720p yeah. in a bit of drop. Anyway, it'll look fine on a on, in handheld mode, I think. It'll just be a matter of, yeah, how does it really run? Well, and if you want it in 4K, get it on Xbox or get it on PC. Um, or if you want it upscaled to 4K, get it on PS4. But like, if, if you like the idea of it and you want it in handheld form... That's the trade-off. Yep. And I think that's an acceptable trade-off too. I think that's fine. If you you should have played this game already by now, but if you haven't, it could be a good place to play if you're a off-TV kind of player. Um, yeah, and, and it's really good too. So Probably the biggest announcement they had is the worst-kept secret of the year that Banjo-Kazooie is coming to Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, Phil Spencer said he'd do it about four years ago, and he's finally done it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a cool announcement to actually have it. We know that... In, Nintendo and Microsoft are buddies now, so to see them doing some more stuff together is good. Hmm. Um, and that's about it, actually. They didn't really have that much. They had the Secrets of Mana games. Or for how many were there? About three coming to Switch? So Two or three? Yeah, I'm not even sure. There was a collection of them and <laughs> uh, a remake as well, so there's a few there if you're into that. Square Enix probably announced about six Final Fantasy games for Switch. I can't remember. <laughs> there's got to be at least three. <laughs> there was a few. Uh, there's far too many. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going through a list now. I should have had this prepared, but, uh, phoned it in tonight, Ben. Uh, what else? Super Lucky, new Super Lucky's Tale in kind of Microsoft tradition, putting things to, uh, Switch. That's yeah. coming. I, 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 Alien that Isolation. One, that was, 
that was playable Super Lucky's Tale, but I didn't really notice it in the direct. It just kind of flashed up on screen. Oh, there you go. The Fire Emblem, Three Houses trailer, an Astral Train chain trailer. Uh, Animal Crossing's uh, got a name. It's called New Horizons. It's delayed till March 2020. So, uh, whoops. And uh, No More Heroes That's 3 right. as well, 2020. That's right, yep. We got some 2020 stuff, which is rare for Nintendo. They're normally more only this year, but I suppose they'd already announced Animal Crossing and they had to tell us, please understand. But that's fine. <laughs> they've got, I, I'm not surprised. They've got a lot of stuff coming out this year, so they probably wanted to delay it for that reason too. Well, they've got a lot of really good stuff coming out. Like I'm super keen on Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is mm. August, I think. Um, and like Luigi's Mansion is this year. We don't know when, but that's good news too. We don't uh, know when, yeah. If you haven't played Spyro and you really want to, the trilogy comes out on PC and Switch in September. So, like, there's tons of games, like Nintendo first party or not, that should make a Switch owner pretty happy. Yeah, it's a good year. And that's a good place to lead off because Luigi's Mountain 3 was one of our best of E3 awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one on Twitch, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's been a long time since the last real Luigi's Mansion because there were, there's been two on 3DS. One's a remake and one was the sequel and it was good, but it's a, you know, it's it's 3DS game. So it's just not quite console level. So it's been nearly 20 years since we've had this level of quality uh, and it plays really well. So did you play the original game? Uh, For like five minutes. So really no. Mm. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's horror done Nintendo's way. So it's a little bit dark and they use a lot of purple. Uh, (laughs) That's scary. Uh, But the, the puzzles are really smart. I actually got stuck for a little bit, which is always embarrassing when you've got your Nintendo model there, who's also a minder of the station and they, they just want to tell you what to do, but because I've seen it a hundred times already, but they can't. (laughs) And yeah, the look in their face, it's just kind of like, go the other way. Anyway. It's it's a smart game. The puzzles are really good. I think the combat's a little harder than it used to be, so they, it makes you work a little more. And it just yeah, it feels really tight. So I think Nintendo's onto a good thing here. It's not a it's not a classic Nintendo game. It's something we've only had a couple of times in twenty years. So so that's exciting from a publisher who always gives us the same thing constantly. We have something a bit different. Nice. Is there the uh, annoying Nintendo handholding at any point that you uh, noticed? Um, well, again, it's a demo, so. The first like two minutes was introduction to how to use your controls, but I think that may have just been for E3. Oh, okay. uh, but no, no hand-holding. I got stuck on a boss because I was doing the wrong thing and there was no flashy super guide saying, do this instead. Excellent. I'm down yeah. with that. I think it's a bit different than the other games. Uh, we'll knock out two real quick because I didn't really play them. So we had Borderland 3, which I played for about 15 minutes and it seemed like a really tight, well-controlled, basically looter shooter. So... The type of game that you normally love, although I know you're not a big fan of Borderlands. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I, thought it, I thought it played really well as an E3 demo. It was a short taste, but they, they put you through a pretty good mission to play. Um, and then we had Luke had seen a lot more of it than I. So we've, we've gone off his judgment. He says Borderlands back. I thought it felt good. So therefore, it is a best of E3 game. Uh, and the other one is Doom Eternal, which I haven't played at all. But Jay went over pre E3 and he played that, and I'm sure you guys spoke about that in the last episode. Yeah, uh, I, I had about 45 minutes of like footage and B-roll to go through, and I was disappointed that I couldn't be playing it rather than just having to watch it. Um, it looks it looks like Doom. It looks like Doom with a couple more enhancements because it's a sequel. So mm. um, 
you can do those cool kill flourishes to get uh, extra like armor and health in the original, like in the 2016 original, I should say. Um, and they've kind of added to that by uh, giving you a flamethrower and you can get, sorry, you get health from flourish kills and now you can get like armor back from like a flamethrower kind of kill and using the chainsaw and that kind of stuff gives you ammo. So it's that kind of rage to uh, kill creatively, like almost bullet storm esque kind of, you know, chain these abilities together and, and not only look cool, but feel cool doing it kind of thing. Um, and I really like the 2016 Doom, and by Jay's account, it's not only that, but better. So it seemed like a no-brainer in terms of the awards. Yep, that's good. I, I like 2016 as well, but I'm glad they've kind of progressed it a bit because if we just had a straight-up sequel, I think it would probably be too much of the same thing. So it sounds like they've gone beyond, which is really what we wanted from a Doom sequel. Yeah. Uh, similar, but not really, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, No 4. Um, it actually looks really good. So Infinity Ward's last two games, Ghosts and Infinite Warfare, have not been great. Ghost was pretty bad, actually. Infinite Warfare just didn't really do... It was not bad, but it didn't do what they're good at. So they're going back to Modern Warfare. It's a reimagining. It's not a sequel. It's not a direct remake either. It's a new version because in their own words, the last game was out in 20, 2007. Modern Warfare in 2019 is very different to Modern Warfare then. So yeah, it's a lot darker. Um, it has basically a, a new uh, approach to level design because the AI is much smarter now, so we can have much smaller areas. Um, we saw them play two missions. One was like a British-style townhouse, you know, that kind of real small three-story type of building. Mm-hmm. Um, and the objective there is it's not a classic card kill a thousand goons. It's a slowly go through the building and identify your own threats because there were a bunch of people in there who you don't want to kill, and if you kill them, you fail instantly. But if you don't kill the enemies fast enough, they're going to shoot you pretty quick. So it was all about identifying the right people to kill at the right time, and it was quite tense, actually. Uh, the second one, you played in first person as probably a 10- or 11-year-old girl, and she's just seen her dad die. Someone came into their house and killed him, and then she basically has to fight for her life and figure out how to kill him, which she does with the screwdriver. And that was probably the moment that reminded me of Spec Ops, which came out a long time ago, probably 2010 or something like that. Um, it's actually quite bleak and emotional, and I haven't really had that before in Call of Duty. So then we sat down with the developer, and he said, before you start, this game is fun, because that's the question everyone asked me is, is this game actually fun? Because it just looks so grim. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they chose to show us. They said, we chose to show you these missions which are very different to what you've seen before the classic cod big mission level probably a helicopter crash i imagine all that type of stuff still here uh they just wanted to show that it's a bit more personal this time and it's not america versus everyone it's it's you see it through everyone's eyes and everyone thinks they're the good guy which if they actually do that will be quite interesting because i don't think we've had really a america is bad in call of duty before not that I well, unless you count all the twists and like the kind of rogue agents working for America, but yeah, no, That's I think true. you're right. I think they probably will do the same thing to be honest. But you know, they said everyone is good and everyone's bad, so so kind of in the same vein that like rare is no longer rare at this point, but you know, like they're still rare and they're making battle toads and all these things. Like Infinity Ward is not the Infinity Ward that made the original Modern Warfare. They're basically respawn at this point. Does it feel 
like a modern warfare game? I know it's obviously a reimagining and it's, you know, like it's the future, but like, is, is it kind of like, is it worthy of, of the name or is it kind of just, I think so. Cash in. I think, uh, I think they've gone back to what they're still good at. They've still got some key stuff there. And one of the devs who walked us through this did work on the original games. He left and he'd come back and he made it sound like without really saying this, but he kind of suggested a lot have done that. So they've got a few people back who worked on the original game and then they left to do whatever. And they've come back now. So if they purposely went out and got those people again, potentially they've realized we need to just kind of go back a bit to what we what we did before. Uh, but yeah, I think it's worth worthy of the name. It's a little bit confusing because we've already had a Modern Warfare this generation a few few years ago. So we've got two Modern Warfare ones. Um, <laughs> and I, I think it's funny that the original game is called Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and the fourth Modern Warfare doesn't have a 4 in the title. So... <laughs> well it does in our tag because i don't know how to keep them separate otherwise <laughs> so yeah there's a problem uh i don't know what they're <laughs> going to do for the next game because we've already had a modern warfare 2 anyway that's not been too far in the future we've, we've got a decent game here and i think it's on the way back uh but we haven't really seen multiplayer yet so more to be revealed later yeah uh when we're supposed to and not when we do accidentally early because they told us that we were good to talk about everything and then whoops but um look forward to ben's That's, uh, official thoughts on multiplayer soon hmm, never mind about that <laughs> uh a game whoops. i think you'll really like you may have seen it before is called control from remedy i hate you because i have not gotten to play that yet and you have and it is right up my alley and hope and it sounds like it's right up yours as well which is really good it was really good it was i actually hadn't realized how uh metroidy it was in terms of the exploration and backtracking um style gameplay which obviously was announced last year but i didn't really kind of pick that up so really good i think there's a lot of areas which are kind of gated off from what i played obviously didn't have the right ability to do it yet um and it's hard like the enemies, they open the demo telling us this is how you get your health back. You've got to collect these orbs from enemies because you're going to die in this. So everything else you can figure out, but we'll just to let you know, that's how you avoid death. Very important. Uh, what did you think last year when you saw it? So I didn't, like, they, they sort of talked about the Metroid stuff, um, but to be honest, it kind of fell to the wayside because it was so much exposition that I was getting. So, like, you're Jesse, you're not you know, a seasoned agent, you've walked into this place. It's the Federal Bureau of Control. It's crazy. Um, you take the gun, you become the Bureau's head and figure it out. Um, so they were showing us more of the the kind of Twin Peaksy Alan Wake kind of atmosphere stuff around it, not so much the Metroidvania stuff. So that's, it's, I like that those two together is basically what the game is from the sound of it. Um, so I didn't see a lot of combat. I saw a lot of the atmosphere. Like the, the craziest thing was she went down into this like sub basement and into this kind of like prison cell-y area. But there, it wasn't, you know, like a traditional prison cell. One of the cells, air quotes, was like this guy with his back to you sitting in a chair looking at a fridge. And he's like, oh, thank God someone's here. It's been like 36 hours. I haven't been able to stop looking at this fridge. I need to look at this fridge or if I don't, something horrible happens and you're you're here to replace me, right? And you're like, no, sorry. I'm just I'm just trying to figure this out. You got to stick around for a bit. And I think there was a side quest of, involved in trying to help the poor dude. But like, obviously, we didn't get to see that. So it was just like really cryptic, cool stuff. Um, and knowing Remedy and knowing what they do. Like it just seemed right up my alley. So I didn't see a lot of the stuff that you got to and I'm kind of jealous. Um, 
I'm curious if the combat is good. <laughs> so like Alan Wake is one of my favorite games, but the combat um, was still a little bit like Max Payne, which, you know, like during the time of Max Payne was fine. But, you know, by the time we got to Alan Wake, a number of years had passed and maybe it was probably the clunkiest bits of the game. Mm. Um, Quantum Break was a lot better, but still like not to me, not like the best of what Remedy does. Remedy is more about the atmosphere and setting up the world. So what did you, like, I know it's hard, but you know, like, was it frustratingly hard or like, no, it wasn't just, you frustrating. Know, difficult you have I didn't actually die at all, but uh, it, it did feel quantum breaky to me. So I think it's, it's not too dissimilar to that. Uh, but the, yeah, so you've got your gun. So mine, obviously it can change to be a few different types of weapons, which is just the one gun. Mine basically was swapping between being this kind of powerful handgun and a shotgun. So adapting to that nice. in a 40 minute demo, I didn't quite get, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was quite powerful. Headshots are pretty good. Once you get them, there's some different enemy types. So the human style enemies, which are kind of possessed are one thing, but then having to deal with, I don't even know what the other enemy was. It was kind of more like a spidery type thing that moved very quick and they fight each other. So you can kind of leave them to deal with each other if you want and you want to hang back or you can get involved. Uh, and you've got your, obviously your supernatural ability is very important. So you can kind of grab the debris around you and throw it at your enemy. And I really use that to save myself a lot because just to hurl that and kind of smash people around is how I got out of some sticky situations. So yeah, I thought it felt good, nice. but it, it's trying to be tough. And that's clearly what they're going for here. They don't want something that you're just going to breeze through and you're really going to have to use your abilities well, which again is very Metroid. Using your what you have available at the right time is the key, I think. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, as much as I am pissed off that I didn't get to play it, I'm really excited that I'm kind of going in relatively fresh. So like, I don't know a terrible amount about the game right now, apart from like the, the backstory. Um, so I'm really, really excited for when August rolls around and I get to get yeah. my hands on it and just go exploring. It's basically. very soon as well, which is nice because we normally have to wait a long time for E3 games. And this one is August. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what next, Ben? Uh, well, also August, I think, is The Dark Pictures, The Man of Maiden, which is uh, from the Until Dawn developers, Supermassive Games. Supermassive, yep. Very similar. And it's basically Until Dawn, but like on multi-platform. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. <laughs> I think it's a, it, it changes things a bit because Until Dawn got a promotion because it was a PlayStation exclusive, so they don't have that anymore. Uh, but the yeah. dark pictures is, and they had like a big name in Hayden Panettiere, and and now they have, oddly enough, uh, a bigger name. Well, not a bigger name, a similar big name in. Um, God, I've forgotten. Uh, Sean, someone Ashmore, Ashcroft, Ashmore, Ashmore. Yeah, who Ashmore? Who was in Quantum Break? Anyway, which is keep going. Very I interesting. Well, this is uh, <laughs> the dark pictures is going to be an anthology. So I think they said they're going to release a game. Did they say every six months or every twelve months, something like that? I relatively frequently and they're all going to kind of follow different tropes of interact or not interactive of horror and they're obviously going to be interactive games so uh it'll be interesting to see what they do this one i played very early so i was playing probably what i imagine is the start of the game you are um group of five people four friends and a ship captain who's about the same age they just kind of head out to the seas for a fun night uh sean ashmore's guy is pushing everyone to drink a lot so you got to figure out what type of character he is just by that. Um, and then they get, basically, they run into some pirates. And it was very Captain Phillips. They just decide to take over. 
they're in this massive storm, so no one can hear them, you know, even when the radio goes off, they can just say, oh, we're in trouble because of the storm, not because of the pirates. So they get in some trouble there. You make some pretty hasty decisions and you can, we eventually hit the uh, the ghost ship, which is where I think most of the game takes place and where the horror comes into it. So we didn't actually see that much of that, but it, it did feel similar to the start of Until Dawn where it's just some friends mucking around. They get into some trouble, but probably the biggest threat is still to come later on. So yeah, I really like this style of game. I think Supermassive is pretty good at it. And now that they've got more control over it without Sony, they might take it in some new directions. Yeah. Oh, it's I really like Supermassive's games like Supermassive's games anyway, but um Until Dawn was clearly the best one. I think they did the Impatient as well, which was like a VR thing where it kind of got into that VR thing where like things were coming at your face because they could. Mm. It's like, yeah. I'd rather just it be atmospheric and like well-written and, you know, like character driven. And that's what until Dawn was to me. So this looks similar and like, I'm, I'm keen for whatever they do. So I'm keen for this one. Hope it's hopefully, good. Yeah. I think it's a budget title. So well worth exploring for relatively cheap, hopefully. Um, a game that you yeah. saw last year, which you actually probably know more about than me is cyberpunk 2077. Because uh, you got the good E3 demo, from what I hear, the one this year was was not as good because it wasn't as surprising, <laughs> but it did have Keanu in it, so he's there, he's hanging around. Did you get a jacket? I did get a jacket. It's reversible. It's black uh-huh. on one side, oh, yellow nice. on the other. Very exciting. I'll, you need a picture of that, and you need to send me a picture so I can put it up on the uh, socials. Yeah, or you need you at least need to brag about uh, well, it. Come on, you know, I haven't been influenced just yet. When I can get some money, that'll be great. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So why was your demo bad? My demo was really good. It, it showed um, kind of waking up in a lot of the world. It showed the guy who was in the limo in the gameplay trailer that they showed when Keanu stepped on the stage, who looks like he died in the limo. Um, so from my understanding, I thought that was guy that guy was going to be your partner throughout the entire game. Uh, it turns out, no, he probably dies. But then I guess Keanu, Keanu, Keanu Reeves uh, takes his place in your mind. He's like a yeah, digital. He's in thing? your mind. Uh, right? So it wasn't a bad demo. Just I don't think it was the same mind blowing one that people got last year because we kind of knew what to expect. Uh, but yeah, it was still good. They just focused a lot more this year on the customization. So how you can make your character, your V is the name of the character, quite different depending on what you want to do and how you want to play, which is pretty standard kind of RPG action game. And yes, so his name mm. is Johnny Silver something. Can't even remember now. Silver hand. So good old silver hand. So yes, he seems to be kind of like <laughs> not Johnny Mnemonic. No, <laughs> close though. Have you seen that movie? It's I, awful. I have not. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, so he kind of uh, don't. don't he's kind of like this um, hologram type of guy. So he's just kind of hanging around in your imagination by the looks of things, and he's pointing you in the right direction quite a lot. So he has the. Well, from what he said, it seems like he has free will, and he's like, you know, I'm trying to get you to do what I want you to do. Is, I think is so. That, is that what you want? Is that what you need? Or is it, you know, me like trying to fulfill my own ends? So I kind of like the idea of that is like, is he an AI assistant? Is he a virus that you can't get rid of or something? I like the idea. I hope they don't kind of give you yeah, all the well, answers. We don't really know. Time. So they didn't really show it out. Uh, they, they showed a lot of the fact Good. that, you know, you can be plugged into anything and it's a big no, no to plug into someone without their permission. So a bit of a consent message going on in this game. 
and we saw some <laughs> combat, not a lot. So we went past a section where we could barge in through the front door. We could go more stealthy through the back, and that's what they did. Uh, so it is. It's it seems to be the theme of games at the moment, but it's very much a choose how you want to play, choose your type of player, and go with it that way. And yeah, it looks really good. So we saw a glimpse of the world. We saw him riding around on his motorbike. I don't think we saw any of that last year. So. Yeah, they're opening it up a bit more and they're trickling out more information, but there's a lot about this game that we really don't know still. I think we could talk about Cyberpunk forever, so we should probably stop, um, especially since it's not coming out until 2020, so there'll be ample time to talk more. Uh, what else do you want to talk about, Ben? Uh, well, we did get to play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is one of the few people got to play that because we were an E3 judge this year, which is very exciting. We will and... take those privileges and we will use them. I think this is an interesting game where EA live-streamed part of the game and then we got to play um, kind of an extended part of that. And what they showed did it no justice at all because I thought the live-stream, which I watched the day before, um, kind of looked kind of bland and a bit boring, really. And then I played it and it was awesome. So they have not sold it very well through their own marketing because it's one of those games that you really need to play. I don't think it's going to stream well. Sorry, influencers. Uh, I think you need to play it to understand it because the combat feels great. The force powers, your lightsaber, how you use it. It's actually quite tough. Yeah, another tough game. Uh, quite demanding. It makes you kind of work to to get kills and to time things well. So you can't just destroy. You can destroy some kind of dodgy stormtroopers as you would expect in Star Wars, but there's tougher ones which, which make you fight. So I like that. I thought it played really well and I'm actually quite excited for it now. Nice. Well... It looks like Titanfall with Force Unleashed. Is that is that too unfair of it, or is that relatively spot? No, that's that's relatively. So it's another Metroidvania game, which we didn't really get to see, but there will be a lot of backtracking apparently. Got a little taste of the skill tree, uh, but they wouldn't let us kind of poke around in there. Just we got a, a glimpse of it. So I think you will upgrade your guy a lot. Uh, and there's there's probably more kind of wall running and platforming and exploration of the world than you really noticed uh because it looked very actiony what they showed but i think there will be exploration so you better move around you better use your abilities to get to areas which you don't think you can get to which is pretty much what titanfall 2 did in, in its uh, campaign so to break up the combat so i think that's a fair a fair example to say it's it's force unleashed and titanfall 2 combined plus a bit of modern star wars so Nice. Yeah, I think it's it's going down the right path. And it's very nice that we finally have a single-player Star Wars game again because EA has totally flopped oh. this and they've taken a long time. What are they, year seven or eight in their yeah. deal of, of Star Wars games? Then we've had two battle well, That's fun, cool. We, uh, we have a whole bunch of Star Wars uh, games with surprise mechanics. So clearly that's everybody's happy about that. Yeah. Surprise mechanics. What a joke. I don't, anyway. it, it wasn't, the, uh, it wasn't the, the only Star Wars game because the whole saga is getting a lego game so we are not talking about I a lego think, game no, on this podcast i draw the line at a lego game i'm very sorry well i think it's being all remade i don't think it's a remaster of the old ones but oh, they didn't I really say that i don't even care I, I don't have enough care to even care i could care less then all right uh, we'll how about along. uh watchdogs well Watch Dogs, I think, is probably the best game they we got to see mm-hmm. at E3. Uh, because, and I will say because we got to play it. So there's a couple of others we didn't get to play, and it's just you don't quite get the same feel from it. But we did play Watch Dogs. Um, 
if they've nailed this players and a character thing. And from what I can tell, I mean, we played as Helen for a while, but we played as a bunch of people. So they all felt unique. They didn't feel like just the same, you know, 10 archetypes with a different skin on them. They, they seem like they were different characters. If they pull that off for an entire game, I think this is something we haven't really played before. So the, the core is still very watchdogs, but that's a very different way of doing it. And there's barely any games which doesn't have any protagonists. You normally either have your set character or you make one yourself, and that's who you play as the whole game. So the fact that you can play as, you know, a hundred different people in this game if you want is very unusual, and it seems like they've done a very good job of it. Or they've at least demoed it to us for 45 minutes and made the, it look very good. The thing that I don't quite do understand is how they're going to have enough people coming in and recording all of the sound and all of the voice lines so you're not just getting repeats, if that makes sense. Like, and how they're even going to plan that. Like, do they actually have to make hundreds and hundreds of characters and like fully flesh all these characters out or is it all like dynamically generated and how they deal with a voice and so like i feel like it sounds really good and it maybe is too good to be true and we're probably going to see people trying to mess with the system and find like the cracks in it and i hope that doesn't happen but i just see like i don't know how to wrap my head around what they're trying to do like i hope they do it but i'm i'm kind of skeptical in the same breath Well, that's what they said. They said it's not procedural, so it's a fully systemic world. And it isn't just, you know, randomly generated characters. They've made them all. So that threw me off as well. Exactly the same thing. How did you do all this dialogue? And they, yes, voice actors have done multiple different characters. They didn't shy away from that. But apparently they're, they're all different characters in the same way that you've got, you know, six people do all of the Simpsons characters. They've all done different characters and they all have different dialogues. So the thing that threw me off even more is I said, if you ignore, you know, 30 characters for most of the game, but then you go look and see what they're up to, they will have had interactions with each other throughout the whole time you've been playing. So it doesn't matter that you haven't got involved with them. They they all have their own stories and they all play out. So it does sound a little bit, how is this possible? So is it technically like so a fail state to the game where if you recruit every single person and kill them to the point where there's no one left roaming the world you just lose like this is all the stuff that really intrigues me it's like i don't think anyone's ever going to be able to do it but like i want to know these answers i think there'd be too many that's a challenge possible i'm I'm not going to take it it, you know what it's going to be one of those things where like sure that's possible but it would take you 1200 hours you know so we'll see it's it's actually quite hard to kill a character because you have to kind of agree okay so when you get downed, you have the choice to surrender or to fight on. If you surrender, your character oh. just goes to prison for a little while. If you fight on, you pop back up with a little bit of health. And if you die again, then they're out. No more Helen. So they, I asked them about that. They, they did that because they don't want you to form an attachment with someone and then just have them taken away. You know, there's a wild explosion or something. As can happen in an open world game, you can, you know, be killed by something totally out of your control. They don't want you to lose a character you really like because oh, that's of that. Cool. So it's always your choice. Um, and you only have 20 active slots at once. So once you've got a roster of 20, you need to either let some go or kill them off, I suppose, <laughs> if you want to get more. Uh, and the benefit to having them is that they will they'll come to your aid and help you okay. if, if you need it. So, But you can track another 50. So you have another 50, which you're kind of just keeping an eye on. 
who aren't necessarily that sounds i'm so excited for this like watchdogs i didn't mind the first one but it wasn't what it was kind of pitched to us as watchdogs 2 was pretty good but it was still kind of just like the ubisoft check the map for 50 things to do in your vicinity kind of thing um that said i've been playing assassin's creed odyssey and like deep diving into it because i'm having so much fun again so like i i think when i'm in the mood set or a mindset for that kind of ubisoft game it's like scratching the edge quite easily so this one looks well i think this it has a uh, assassin's creed 2 feel about it it kind of has before this they've got some some ideas together but this one is kind of the last piece of the puzzle which is that's what we were trying to do from the beginning so yeah i think they've they've got the main thing it's in the last game you could hack almost anything so essentially you kind of hack people but it's it's not as simple as that you have to convince them to join dead sex so they don't just agree because you've tagged them you have to some of them are easy to recruit some of them you need to go and kind of influence their lives in several ways before they will come and join you so yeah it's a lot more involved than i thought that was going to be and you will spend a lot of time doing that so they found a way to make side missions interesting. oh i'm keen for it that's not till 2020 as well there you go yep that's smart uh what else uh so we have Dying Light 2, which was another hands-off surprise, but also looks really good. Uh, uh, so I didn't a play little much bit. The first it, it was the kind of like parkour zombie thing where I had um, Mirror's Edge and I had, I can't remember which zombie game I had at the time. And I kind of just felt like, I think maybe Dead Island or something. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to play this one. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't play a bit, but I felt similar. Uh, but I think they've they've massively improved the parkour here so they've gone beyond mirror's edge i kind of feel like it's what mirror's edge has been trying to do the whole time uh and there's a there's a real purpose to it because you're running away you're basically parkouring to survive so when you fling through a heartbroken wall it makes sense because you want to get out from that you know terrible situation so it makes sense to me it it feels a lot better balanced um it's not just kind of run around hold the uh, right trigger and your guy will just automatically run up the yellow <laughs> pipe which is what Mirror's Edge became. Um, yeah, it seems like you can interact with buildings in a lot of different ways. Very interesting looking world. And once again, this is a game about choice. So the demo that we saw played, uh, you had a choice pretty early on. If you want to, you're hanging out with a guy, he gets shot. Do you stay with him and try to help him? Or do you kind of chase after the guys who shot him and try to get revenge? Um, obviously, if you leave him, he's probably going to die. If you don't take this opportunity, you might not capture these guys again. So you're going to do that quick. Um, of more interest was the very last choice you had to make, which was basically to summarize the story up to this point is that the city that they're in, the water's been cut off um, and you need to go and turn it back on. But just before you do, a general says, you know, the water was redirected for a purpose reason. Don't turn it back on. Do you believe him or do you stick with your original mission and give it back to the town? So that's what they did. Uh, then it, the camera kind of cuts to this outer city, um, which is basically under a bunch of water because it was flooded on purpose. Time lapse, we see the water go down and some even scarier looking oh, zombie cool. hands kind of push out through the dirt. Well, then obviously don't demo. redirect the water. Come on. And the guy, <laughs> well, the guys basically said, if you didn't take that choice, that whole section of the map you couldn't go to because oh, the water cool. would just be there for the entire game. Uh, so yeah, they, they, they really kind of pushed home the fact that this is 
uh, meaningful decisions and it not just story-wise in terms of gameplay, they're going to affect what you can actually do. So I like the sounds of that. I like a decision which is actually impacting cool. what you can I'm do. really excited for that, uh, which is strange because it wasn't really on my radar before. So um, between... It wasn't to me either until E3. And then, yeah, kind of, I actually hadn't had it booked. I had an hour free and I got an appointment for it. And it was actually, it looked really good. So it's like fate, I think Ben. You're onto a good thing here. Funnily enough, they were right next to Cyberpunk. So it's two kind of. Yeah, Techlands? Uh, yeah, I can't Somewhere. remember where they're from, but. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere close together in Europe. Uh, Two two developers right next to each other in e, at E3 who don't have a publisher but both have massive games. So, oh, Dying Light was so weird though. It was at Microsoft's there. press conference and you saw a trailer, and then it was at Square Enix's because they're doing the publishing, and it was exactly the same trailer. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, normally they'd prepare like maybe two packages if they know they're going to be in two press conferences. But hey, you know, I, I respect that. It's it's the same thing, but um. That's beside the point. Uh, do you want to finish off with some Project X Cloud stuff since we're not getting Stadia anytime soon? We might not get Project X Cloud anytime soon, but hey. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, but we, uh, I think we are getting it. I don't, let's see, I don't know. From what I know, we all get it in October. Or get to try it in October, Hopefully. I should say. Well, we've got the Azure servers wow. in Sydney, so it should be fine. Um, but of course, there's there's two prongs here. So I don't know if Xbox made it as clear as they could have. And when it gets a proper name, I think they need to improve it because there's two things going on. Project S Cloud is your Stadia competitor, basically. You don't need an Xbox for that. Presumably, there will be a subscription fee of some type. They haven't announced that yet. Does it tie into Game Pass? We don't know. <laughs> Probably. Uh, and you stream from Microsoft's Azure servers and you stream. At the moment, they've only showed it to... Uh, mobiles and tablets, but presumably it'll match xCloud and you can stream to a PC or to your 4K TV, whatever you want. So you don't actually need the console. Yeah. You can play Gears 5 without it. Uh, console streaming, much more interesting for us because we already have an Xbox. You download your game, you leave it on there, then you stream from your own Xbox to your phone or whatever device, wherever you are, uh, and there's no charge at all. So you're just using your own Xbox as your own personal server imagine it will work great over Wi-Fi in your own house, how it will work over your 4G, you know, Telstra Optus connection. I'm not entirely sure, but we are getting 5G soon, so it, it may work well. And the E3 version will streaming from, I think, San Francisco yeah. servers in LA, so a little bit of distance, but not heaps. And it worked flawlessly. So I played uh, Halo 5 and Resident Evil 7, and they both streamed great. Um, they looked amazing. So this is also 720p, same as the Switch's screen but it just looked a lot crisper than Switch. Maybe because they were smaller, maybe because they're higher quality screens. Nice. I think they were Samsung um, Galaxy S10 or something. Uh, but yeah, it looked really good. Before we were talking about, you know, you get your downgraded Witcher 3 on Switch and that's what you get to be portable. Well, I think I'd prefer to play it on my phone with my Xbox controller and my Xbox save and my game score. So this is the future of handheld gaming possibly. The only thing is, how do you play? Because we had, the, I don't know if you saw it, we had a controller with this phone kind of stuck to the top. And while it works oh. well, it's not very portable. Um, a lot of people were asking us where those backpack, I don't think. controller things came from. And I asked Microsoft and they said, just Google controller phone clip. Um, and surprisingly doing that gives you 
like 50 variations on pretty much the same thing that they were showing at E3. So there's your answer, people. Um, yeah, so we um, we did ask the, uh, I think, manager of Xbox Live or something who was presenting it a bit more in a behind closed doors. I said, is Xbox going to release their own version? And he gave me the old big smile. Uh, we're not talking about that today, but watch this space. So I believe there will be an official Microsoft. But might also be five times as expensive, but we'll see. Current ones on the market. <laughs> oh, it will be. But when you're spending $250 on so a controller series. So do you use the Xbox two, app on you your PC best. at all to stream games uh, in your network? So I, I sometimes do. So like Matt, if Matt's using no. the Xbox downstairs and I want to be I downstairs do on the couch with him, I will occasionally bring my Surface down, um, which is a Microsoft product and use the Xbox app uh, or what's it called now? Controller or console companion or whatever. And it sometimes works flawlessly and sometimes using my home network, even if we're not doing a lot on the network, just has a whole bunch of weird artifact issues and some like input lag stuff going on. So I don't know if it's because it's not kind of using the Project X Cloud tech or something, but if the console streaming is equivalent to what I already have, it's not it's not going to do well here in my mind, but no one said a bad thing about it. Obviously, we haven't seen the console streaming, but we've seen the Project X Cloud stuff using American internet, but um, I want to believe yeah. all of the uh, the positive uplifting stuff that people have been saying, so... And they've done they've done tests. Apparently, you know, like latency is better than um, Stadia. It also, it was like two independent, like very uncontrolled tests where this information is coming from. Um, but the tests were saying like the input lag is the same as playing Halo on your couch using your Xbox and your TV. So that is crazy if true and can be replicated outside of a consumer tech uh, conference. That is the big question. Will this actually work? Um, and the streaming thing has been done by a few people, but not, yeah, I, I don't think, I think it must be better than what yeah. Xbox already has because they're making it sound like it's quite different. Obviously, the the first thing is you don't have to play on your home network. You can go out and play over the mobile network, which means it's, it's using the Xbox yeah. not to just stream locally. So it must be uploading the game. Uh, yeah, I feel like they, it must be improved, but we haven't seen that as you say. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But it sounds good. I think it's coming to a testing phase in October, so we'll get a better chance to play it. And at least with console streaming, there's there's nothing lost. So if it doesn't work yeah. out well, we haven't invested anything really except for maybe a phone holder. And yeah, so it, it's all free, which I don't think anyone else can really match because Stadia, you're going to have to Orion. pay for whatever Bethesda. I don't know what that is, to be honest. To. So we'll let's just keep going. Have a cost, Orion. <laughs> no. Well, I read a, the press release and they said it's, you know... It's, that developers it's can use. It's the like, but they already have their own thing like, that they're using and they seem mean? pretty happy with <laughs> What does that mean? Look, no doubt we're going to streaming, so I think we're going to get more of this uh, next generation. Well, like we were saying, this is all well and good, but who knows how Australian internet's going to handle it unless we all go to 5G or something. Uh, I'm slated to get NBN... Uh, by this time next year, which I uh, was told it was going to be October 2018. So there you go. Anyway, um, Ben, anything else you want to talk about before we are done for the night? 
I think we're done for this E3. It was a, a relatively safe one, but it was the one before the new consoles are coming. So Xbox's biggest annou- announcement was next year we're getting new consoles. So you, it kind of felt like that. Yeah, well, it was still fun. Uh, thanks for going over. Thanks for smashing out all the previews and stuff as well. My pleasure. There's plenty up there. Go have a read because there's still a lot of good games this year, and I think it was a, it was a safe year but a strong year as well. So that's what you want towards the end of a generation. Nice. We've talked about most of them. Uh, we've written about most of them on the site. I think there's still more coming. Uh, just head over to Survivor. Hit us up on social media. I'm SWriteAU on stuff. Ben, where can people find you? I am Twitter also, Ben underscore Salter, and that is us. Cool. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a fortnight. <laughs>